in this episode, my friend Barry Dykes sits down with me again. We have a lovely conversation with a broad range of topics. One of the topics is his fourth book, set to be released in 2023, later this year. Its title is Pirates of Manhattan 3, Merchants of Debt. We also discuss the current control, capital control tactics of brokerage houses and custodians. And then we wind up talking about what Wall Street does with their money and what they do with your money. Now, we had fun and hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And, you know, I'm always delighted to have guests uh, with me. And today's no different, right? I have a, a dear friend, an old friend, Barry Dock here. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a researcher among researchers. Um, you know, he's in the financial industry and his information will be in the uh, show notes below. Um, and he uh, once again joins us. Uh, for the second time in 2023, Barry, how in the world are you, sir? Well, always good to see you. It's been second time. 20, it's it's always good to see my good friend James from uh, Texas. No, it's um, I'm I'm doing good, thank you. And uh, been very busy times, crazy times we're in. So trying to get this uh, this book done and um, you know burn the midnight oil doing that and run the business. But um, you know, God's blessed me with at least you know. Don't ask me how to change the oil in my car, you know, but. I'm just a white haired guy from New Hampshire computer, Jay. That's all I am. Follow me? Right, right. I'm with you. And and I, and I, for God. Help others, you know? That's right. I, I would like to go up to the New England state sometime and see all the, you know, the, the foliage change colors. So um, you should invite me up there some fall, okay? <laughs> have some lobster. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, look, look yeah, I do want to talk about your fourth book, too, but before we get there, um, you know the listen. Uh, I think was it 2012 when you're when you first published or the first Pirates of Manhattan. And here's the uh, the uh, subtext, uh, the subtitle: The Pirates of Manhattan, the systematic plundering of the American consumer, and how to protect yourself against it. I love that. Was that 2012 when you wrote that? Published that? Yeah, no, James. That was in 2007. That was actually the first. Wow. I presented that at Nelson's in Birmingham in 2006, where I published in 2007. Yeah, and then the whole financial crisis came about. I looked like Notre Dame, but I was, I was just a researcher, you know. I was just, and everything fell into place, you know. Um, it's, uh, wow. yeah. I met you. I met you, Barry, and I and I don't I don't remember where we were. We were at a think tank, a Nelson Nash Institute think tank. This was prior to the existence of the Nelson Nash Institute. So this was Nelson just hosting a think tank, and I believe it. Well, if that was two thousand and seven when that was published, then I met you in two thousand five or six because you were doing the research on that and you were sharing some of the work that was going to be published. And you know, everybody in the room was shocked. It was a small meeting i think it was 18 to 22 people or whatever but i just knew that you were going to be assassinated if you published that book you're so <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah was, yeah nelson was nelson was it was a great uh, mentor and he when i showed him everything i you know um and, and i see his, his likeness behind her there you know and uh, nelson was just a incredible man incredible christian and just a good good guy and uh, he said well, he says now you have to do it you know he says yeah now you have he's a bear you got to do it and then I even asked my pastor one time, I said, you know, I know this information. What do I do? He said, well, you know, he says, son, if you, you know, you read history, individuals have to reach out and do this stuff. So 
So I did it, and you know that one that that was the first one, and that one took off, and it, you know um, it was kind of the uh, it, it was a really good thing because I get to know a lot of people like yourself, and, and actually people all around the country. And actually, you know, I've sold the book in uh, twenty two countries now, James. Wow, people still buy it, you know, and and, and like Indonesia they, and other places. I'm saying, how do people find this? I mean, because I'm not even on Amazon, you know. They should buy it. You should. It's still relevant. It's that was. Listen, the systematic plundering of the American consumer and how to protect against it. It's still going on today. It's I mean, worse it's, than it was in 2000. It's worse. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, it's relevant. You should. You have an opportunity if you're watching and listening. You should. You should purchase that book. In my opinion, okay. And then the second book, The Pirates of Manhattan. Highway to Serfdom. You know, I love that play on hike. Um, and was this one published in 2012? That was that was one of the pirates in 2012 because that was the that was about the uh, target date. Yeah, yeah, you got it, James. Yeah, so yeah. Highway to Serfdom. That was it published out in 2012. That was about um, target date funds, which are the core investment now for retirement plans for for 401ks. I think they gobble up about 80 percent of all new deposits now. They're horrible then. They're still horrible now, and uh, <laughs> they've gotten actually <laughs> they've gotten worse now with the inclusion of you know Biden's green agenda, and then also with the uh, uh, inclusion, if you will, of uh, uh, including private equity alternative investments up to fifteen percent of the portfolio. This is Department of Labor. And I'm not making any of this up. People don't believe me. Google Department of Labor to the June 2020, where they allowed private equity. Now it hasn't taken place in yet, but it will get in there somehow. And so it's 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 not a highway to serfdom. It's an autobahn to serfdom. <laughs> no speed limits, huh? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, then your third book, Guaranteed Income. When 2014, 2015? 15, 15, and that's how I get to know Dave Walker, who's a great guy. Um, I get to know uh, Dave Walker on that one, and uh, uh, through a friend of our mutual friend Bruce Carter, and um, I got to know Dave and. Um, and it's a long story, but um, uh, he 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 really believed what I was doing, and I actually was able to coach Dave on some of his economic stuff. Uh, although he was a former controller general of the United States, very very bright guy, yeah. teaches teaches economics at the uh, Naval Academy and stuff like that. But then, um, yeah, so that was about using annuities, and so uh, so all the stuff I wrote in 2015 actually got much bigger. But um, the use of annuities within retirement plans, which is much, much bigger than it ever was. Uh, but, of course, no one in the mainstream media, you know, from Bloomberg, CNBC, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal will report on this. But when the next book comes out, they'll be, oh, uh, well, you know, uh, so, so, that, so that's, you know, so that's uh, which part of the next book is uh, I'm showing people have, have safe retirement plans. But, yeah, so. You know, since that time, these giant companies, uh, James, like IBM or Hewlett Packard, or uh, uh, the, the best one I think is the uh, Newmont Mining Corporation, which is the world's largest gold corporation. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, so it's literally the largest. Uh, they're based out of Colorado, the largest oil company in the world, James. You know what they do with their money in 2022? Oh, big old annuities, offset the risk. Yeah, they bought an annuity okay, transfer. So, you know, <laughs> Yeah. So the risk transfer. So, so the whole thing is that we know the annuities and life products are still really um, great for people, uh, particularly if you're in a, in a great state like the state of Texas where you're in, or 
Florida or Arizona or New York, some of these other states, which have really good credit protection. Um, we know that you know, from, from a structural perspective, but we, but I'm, I'm trying to push people going into mutual, either mutual companies or fraternal companies and to stay away from anything to, that with private equity. Because uh, I think that's uh, private equity is, is a bigger problem than even the subprime crisis. Yeah. And, and that's really funny how the, uh, the mainstream media and, you know, Wall Street, they want you, the consumer, us, they want us to put our money into equities and, you know, uh, so they can control it and manipulate. Then they're sitting there buying life insurance and annuities issued by life insurance companies. Wow. What a quinky dink, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Matter, 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 matter of fact, Deutsche Bank, uh, this past week, James, Mm-hmm. Deutsche Bank in uh, in the UK, you know, uh, they actually they bought their second or third annuity. Um, you know, so banks are buying these as well. You know, Bank of America bought one. You know, to to, to finance its own uh, retirement uh, pension plan in the UK and so forth. So, so the whole thing is is that uh, it's and everything I'm saying, James. You know, me, I've got this all off of public documents. Yeah, you know, and, and press releases and, and that and, and the like. And um, so I'm not making up any of this stuff, but. So they want you to gamble with your money, but they don't want to gamble with their own. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And and they're of course going to charge you fees on your money that they're they want you to gamble with. It's like, wow, it's it's crazy. Look. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's crazy, you know, because I was just doing a um a plan for someone and um <laughs> you know, you're actually a former securities lawyer, okay? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true okay god bless him they need him you know yeah and we're for the sec and it was a very bright guy and just a good good guy and um uh, and i uh he has money with invesco and um you know invesco has just been a uh so what i showed him is that although i think invesco now the irony the thing companies like invesco or tiro price or BlackRock, they're actually owned by other mutual fund companies james right. so none of these none of these insiders really have their own skin in the game on the stuff so but with um and invesco you know the stock had gone down i don't like 50 percent. the same thing and who was the other one i'm looking at raymond james okay but the oh, stocks yeah. have yeah. gone down uh, in the past 12 months but the inside executives are making 5 10 12 million a year you know, see so even when the, the stocks come down. So, so if you, so this is what we're just trying to do, but anyhow, I'll be putting this out in the next book. And it's going to be a big book, unfortunately, but to document it, you have to do it. But I'm yep. just using all public information. Well, let's talk about the fourth book. You know, I brought up the first three. So, you know, let's talk about the fourth book. What, what, you know what the title is, when it's going to be out, and some of the content. It's going to be Pirates of Manhattan 3. Oh, beautiful. Pirates of Manhattan 3 is probably the last in the Pirates of called Mercenaries of Debt. Mercenaries of debt. I love it. I love and, it. and it's really about the problems where we're in right now is all about the debt, James. Um, but, you know, by printing too much fiat currencies has really gotten us in, in the corner here. But really, they're using how debt they, they used to enslave regular old people with credit cards and what have you. And you and I are trying to help people get out of that, that, that bind. Um, but for themselves, they use it as, as a kind of a weapon of mass destruction. You know, and 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 so uh, I will actually be enlightening people that I've actually found James over six hundred and fifty bankruptcies caused by private equity since two thousand. Mm, two thousand. Wow. Here we are in the in the. Uh, well, this is this is April so twenty twenty three years now. Yeah. 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 So it, I was even. Um, yeah. So this, and it's it's really it's just 
it's, 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 I wrote somewhere, uh, or I read somewhere that someone described private equity as like Yubo capitalism. Yeah. You, you know it's out there, okay? You know it's freaking dangerous, okay? But it's underneath the waves. <laughs> Yubo capitalism. No, I'm just trying, I'm just trying, I'm trying to throw a depth chart so it comes up above the waves. And because right. a lot of people don't even know. I mean, a lot of advisors don't know, Jamie. Yeah. So, you know, so this, so this would be, on. so, but yeah, so, and, um, <laughs> I love your cup. <laughs> risk management, FTX, you know? <laughs> risk management, now, the, yeah. the thing is, actually speaking of private equity, there's a lot of private equity money in, in, they didn't do any due, due diligence on this clown, mm. you know, and, um, you know, Tom Bravo, I know, was in it. all these venture capitalists were in it, um, you know, Giselle and Tom Brady and, uh, uh, and all the, the celebrities, Kevin O'Leary, would he get fifteen million to represent FTX? They had the FTX stadium in Miami. So yeah, I just had to put a little humor in here. But this is so um, I'm helping. I'm trying to help people um, have better retirements and, and, and protect their money. Um, it's no different, James. I don't know if you ever read this book called um, "Other People's Money," it was written by Louis Brandeis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, in 1914, mm. and he was, they ended up naming a college after him, and he would end up being a Supreme Court Justice. Just a very, he, a, a, a very smart Jewish attorney, and uh, he wrote, but essentially, he's writing about how they're essentially using abusing other people's money. And then the funny thing is, more, changed, more things change, more they remain the same. So this is what we're seeing today. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> I appreciate that. When 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 is the uh, expected uh, release? No pressure, you know. I know you're busy. This year, I'm sick of looking at it. I'm sick of looking at it. But you know, it's it's just uh, um, I know how to do it, and um, um, uh, I've just been working on it. You know, I work on it. You know, two three hours every day. Um, and yeah, so it's just it's just more about editing and then hiring the proper editor and. And I have a guy who uh, who's uh, worked with me on a couple of books. He's, he's really he's a wizard, and uh, we're going to get this thing done. And uh, and um, it, it it'll be out. And uh, uh, because uh, people today need certainty more than ever. Um, matter of fact, yesterday the other day, Schroders, which is a big asset manager in the UK, um, uh, just published another report that I think sixty percent of millennials and over sixty six and two thirds of uh, uh, people age 45 and old, old, they want to have their money being safe for retirement. Yep. So they're putting a lot of their money in cash. But I'm saying they put something with, you know, with, with an insurance company with a life product or annuity product, then it, it's only going to be safe, but it's gonna be, they're going get, to get a lot more economic benefits than they're getting now. No, absolutely. Um, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> you know, I practice the infinite banking concept and, you know, I've been in the life insurance business 30 years, long time. I'm an investment advisor. I'm not giving any investment advice here in this conversation with my friend Barry. But now more than ever, at the you and me level, this is a legitimate, valid solution that everyone should consider. The idea that you can become your own banker using the uh, well-capitalized, very old mutual life insurance companies as a place to put your money. And then you have contractual access to it. Um, this is yeah. this is the antithesis of what's going on in the big wide world, and this is the whole thing. It's like you know, I was doing this work with this attorney, uh, and he gets it. I said, I said, this stuff is a contract. Okay, you read your 
your 401k, your broker statement, it's they guarantee nothing. Except okay. they force you into arbitration if if there's a problem. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and then you have to go to apply to their, you know, their offices in South Dakota or something like that at your expense. And, and you know, it's a, uh, yeah, so the whole thing, but a life insurance contract is, 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 is a contract. It's, it says we promise to pay. As a matter of fact, you know, the other day I just, um, unfortunately, uh, I've been doing this a long time now. I just had my, uh, uh, another client died, but you know, she had one of these old um, legacy annuities changed with, with company, which I won't mention. Well, okay, where they getting? She was getting four or five and a half percent for years, even even when the interest rates were zero, she was getting four percent. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that, I think that her her husband got like one point four million. You know, uh, and and you know uh, from this annuity, and uh, you know, so. And everything else was in the stock market and everything. This is, and this was is a contract. I'm not now. I'm, I'm a capitalist. I, I I like my Google. I like my iPhones. I like my technology. I love my technology because I have a VPN now. I can work virtually anywhere in the world uh, and doing what I'm doing. Um, so I, I'm a capitalist. Okay, but the thing is, I don't like crony capitalism or bully. So yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and was that, did you say an annuity contract with 1.4 million? And since it's a contract, you know, all they, all they need is a death certificate, proof of there's a graduation that's occurred. Who's the beneficiary? No yeah, no, no probate. no probate. None, zero. It's like, where do we send the check book? Yeah, Pretty. you know, and how can we help you? That now you get on a brokerage firm trying to move some of money and they, they throw more roadblocks, more what do you call? What are those? What are those things? The roadblocks, whatever. Their stall tactics, their con- conservation uh, strategy that they plan for. You know, in in uh, here, this is twenty twenty three. My whole career, I've never seen this in my whole career. The way they stall. So. Say, Mom, Paul, somebody wants to move money out of an IRA, 401k, or whatever, just moving money, you know, and I'm not even saying out of the market, moving away from a custodian, right? They may move it to another custodian, um, and it may be into equities or it may not be. Just the mere fact that you're moving money away from a custodian, they they uh, they stall, Right. It's like every, you know, and I understand that things have to be, you know, correct. There's a certain amount of CYA that they must do. I get that. I have never seen them delay like they do now. They make the consumer, the client feel guilty. They make them feel ignorant. They question them where they're going, who they're working with. They throw up alternatives now that they've never, oh, well, Mr. So-and-so, you know, we can put a portion of that into cash. They never did things like that. Uh, well, to my knowledge, anyway. Uh, and they sure didn't do them if they did them in the past. They didn't do them to the extent in which they do today. They delay, 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 delay. And, and uh, it's my understanding Understanding that um, when paperwork is in good order, they have seven business days to to liquidate, yeah, well, execute, and get yeah, the matter, money transferred. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, before we talked, yeah. So this is the rule, okay? So I'm, I'm seeing the same thing, James. And yeah, so um, and this is from the book. So I researched it because I said, you know, I have made all saying these licenses. I'm saying, yeah. So it goes back to you probably remember this from our old your, your old exams, but in 2017, Bester. Uh, bulletin release uh, from the SEC. Okay, this is not Barry. This is not Crazy Barry talking. <laughs> okay, this is called T plus two. Anyone not listening to? Google it, please. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, what what uh, T plus two settlement cycle? What investors need to know. This is from the SEC, not me. Okay. Okay. It meant the Exchange Act called 15C6-1. What this means is a brokerage firm handling your retirement plan and your securities, brokerage dealers, mutual fund companies, insurance companies, what have you, RAs, whatever, should liquidate your account in a timely manner within two to three business days after the trade date, commonly known as T plus two. Because remember, taking all, I forgot all this stuff, but yeah, trade date plus two days. So, that, so that's the regs. And they stomp all over that word, should. And, then, huh. and, and now, <laughs> now, now it's like, we're going to throw the rules out the room. We don't care who we are. We're this giant mutual fund company out of Boston, New York, or whatever it is, or we're some big broker deal. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to drag our feet and we'll get it all lawyered up. But that's but that's the rule. And, you know, so, but then if, also all I can do is give people the rules. So, um, but, uh, but the, uh, um, and I know, um, but that, that this is not me. This is, this is what the SEC said, but, you know, to, you know, instead of having a uh, instead of having a Doberman as a securities regulator, we got a ch- chinchat. What do you call it? A, uh, a chihuahua. chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're feisty, so, but they but had, they're just little. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, th- so so that's what they're doing now. And um, so there's also a real, uh, there's really, a really, uh, which I'll bring this into people in the, in the books is that in the new book coming up is that. Um, you know, so really, you know, they don't really follow this stuff, but um, but they're trying to hold on to people's money. Now, Callan Research, again, this is not me, in 2022, um, uh, said that over 30% of employers are trying to retain assets within the 401k, but then they, instead of moving out, mm-hmm. employers, 30% of employers are now actually trying to retain assets. The reason why they're doing that is because the asset manager wants to have the fees. Yep. And the employer theoretically has more assets under management than to lower their 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 fees, but but this is up from fourteen percent in two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. So what they're so what they're doing is really they're putting people their money in a headlock, if you will. Um, and and when people uh, are you know should be getting their their money out to plan for retirement. And this is what we talk about. Well, I was in the, have you seen the book the movie I'm in Boomer uh, Baby Boomer Dilemma? No, you I. I don't know if you did. You were going to, and if you did, yeah, I, I haven't. To, you did. You probably busy like me. Yeah, I did. But um, uh, if not, we'll send you another copy. But um, so, please send me another copy. I, I really do want to see it. So, so, so what, what is happening is James is that it's getting really difficult for people to get the money out. And you know, Pimco. Uh, now, Pimco um, uh, had a similar study reporting the same thing. So, so these these asset managers and they're and they're working, you know, asset managers and the employers are kind of working in conjunction and, and brothers in arms, really. And um, so, I, this brings me up to my con- concept of Stockholm syndrome. Mm. You know, and no, um, oh, look, expand on the Stockholm syndrome. Um, well, well, <laughs> I, yes, so. And and this will be in the fourth book too, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so in back in 1973, um, you know, and, I, and it came to me because I, I found the people being held hostage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, because, and actually I got the figures too from Vanguard and, and Fidelity as well. Okay. That, you know, even during these crazy markets, like only about 3%, 4% of the people actually change their allocation. So people are really like deer in the headlights. Majority of the population are not doing anything to look out for the retirement plan. 
majority. And this is using, I'm using Fidelity and Vanguard numbers. So I said, man, this is crazy. So I'm saying you have all these people in their 60s or, you know, um, they should be really putting a chunk of their money into annuities and things like that. They should be doing that. There's no question about that. But why aren't they doing it? So I said, a lot of people, they seem to be like, oh, you know, my, I don't want to say, so I don't want to get sued, but, you know, some of these big companies like in Boston or New York or, okay, or, uh, you know, they're Boston and New York with the big ones, you know, or, or in Pennsylvania, let's say. And um, uh, they're really, um, uh, you know, they're deer in the headlights. I'm saying, why are people doing this? And I said to myself, and, and they're saying like, hey, I've written three books on this stuff. I, I care about this stuff. I mean, I, I don't want to have... I don't want to make $31 million a year like Larry Fink or whatever is some of these clowns. Okay. So I said, why are people doing this? So if you study the Stockholm syndrome, this is when the, the bank robber took like uh, six hostages uh, in, in, in uh, 1973. And when they brought the guy, they finally released the hostages. They actually, the hostages actually, they fell in love with the captor and they actually wouldn't even testify against the same thing. So, but even a bigger uh, case of the Stockholm syndrome was the memory of Patty Hearst. Yeah. You know, oops, Patty Hearst. Okay. And that was the, uh, this is when she joined the uh, Sibonese Liberation Army. Yeah. Sibonese Liberation <laughs> Army. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, she was uh, touting an M1 carbine, you know, rob, literally robbing a bank. And so the whole thing, she was kidnapped, but she actually. Uh, Ethley Bailey, the famous attorney, used that as, as Stockholm Center was part of his defense. So saying that she had been brainwashed by her captors. So what I'm saying is that it's not a lot of difference between the brainwashing of uh, the, uh, of this type of brainwashing and some of the brainwashing going on with mutual funds today. You know that, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I love that. And, and I love even bringing it up because when you first brought up Stockholm Syndrome, you know, I mean, Patty Hearst came to mind of the Hearst family, Patty Hearst. And yeah. then the Simonese Liberation Army. I haven't heard that term in a long time. And it's interesting because, you know, here we are in the beginning of April. You know, we were all very aware of all of the uh, the news about banking or all of the it's just crazy. And you you brought up Deutsche Bank a minute ago. And and uh, so. You know, we have talked about kind of the banking uh, situation and the infinite banking concept. And then, you know, and I, I spoke about the uh, how can a mutual life insurance company, you know, withstand a bank run. And and just within my office, uh, well, not only within my office, but, you know, talking through these things, of, you know, the, the UBS shotgun wedding, you know. Um, credit suites, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 out of my own mouth, I'm saying, you know, UBS Payne Weber, and these young people look at me like they have no, they don't know what I'm talking about when I say Payne Weber. There's no correlation. There's nothing. There's no reference, right? So, yeah, go ahead, look up Payne Weber, and oh, what happened? Uh, and then, oh, now they're part of UBS Payne Weber. Now, you know, uh, Credit Suisse is part of UBS. I mean, it's like sweetheart deal after sweetheart deal. It's nothing new. This is continual on and on, over and over, and it'll continue to go on. So it's interesting that you bring up Hattie Hearst and the Simonese Liberation Army. I mean, it's crazy. Um, anyway, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah because. <laughs> Let's it just makes me feel old, Barry. It makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. I, I feel old, but I feel like I'm 18 inside, Jim. Right. And I'm getting older, you know, but I feel like I'm 18. But the thing is, is the, um, let's look at the facts. Was the, let's look at 2022. Um, 
the uh, the uh, the Dow was down out of nine percent. The S and P five hundred, which is you know you know the, the big index which most four hundred one ks are in, were lost nineteen uh, percent, and the the Nasdaq, you know, um, which are high tech companies, was down thirty three percent. Okay, these are facts. Don't believe me, people. Google it. My point is, is that it, with these very tumultuous times, no one was doing really anything to move their money. And and, and when I it was like a, it was like God's hand. But I when I I looked at the statistics from Fidelity and Vanguard, I was saying most people didn't move their money. So instead of these people, the sixty year old people, whatever, should be who should be repositioning some of their money for lifetime income, which is the purpose of retirement plan. What? Lifetime income? Guaranteed lifetime no, income? Which is, which is the purpose, which, 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 which is a pension, which is an annuity. So people are doing the exact same thing. So my whole thing is that it's Stockholm Syndrome in, in the financial service business. Yeah, and, but you know, Barry, the, 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 the typical, I would think, the typical financial advisor is like, yeah, but it's a, it's a paper loss. You know, it's not a real loss until you sell it. Then it, then you're going to realize the loss. And, you know, you never sell when it's down, right? It's like, hold yeah. on, hold on. How do you tell somebody in their 70s to hold on? How long do you hold yeah. on? And I'm not telling anybody to do anything but listen and research and discover some of the, you know, learn about Patty Hearst, Symphony's Liberation Army, and Payne Weber, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, you know, the typical financial professional, and I'm not trying to be disparaging, but they want their clients, if that's what they do, if they provide the market solution, right, that's that's what they do. Well, hold on. Oh, well, we'll move to cash here a little bit, maybe, or maybe not. Um, so, and my point here is that, and then, of course, they disparage annuities, right? Annuities are so over-disparaged, just not even funny. Um, and then, of course, they disparage life insurance. So the consumer is being just to hold on, hold on, don't sell. You know, it's a paper loss. Um, it, you know, it's not realized until you do sell. And and then surely annuities are, you know how long you lock up your money. That's all they talk about is the surrender charge. None of the benefits, only the surrender charge, right? And then life insurance. So the consumers, they're, you know, getting. They're brainwashed. I, and it's t- a tremendous amount of information coming and it's all conflicting, you know, so. Yeah, well, just look at it. You're in, you're in Texas, James. It was AT&T's headquartered in Texas, okay? Yep. Which probably was one of the most indebted companies. It, it, this is the house of debt, AT&T, okay? They made a bunch of stupid blunders. They bought, it was a Time Warner and uh, DirecTV, and I don't know, lost 30, 40, 50 billion. I was, is it 60 billion? Something ridiculous. I, I've got all the statistics down. But the um, the guy who's the CEO of the retired, even with losing all these billions of dollars, he has an annuity for like, Three four million dollars a year for life. Oh, what okay. an income of three or four million for! Oh my god, for life. Yeah, it's annuity. So you know all these federal pensions. What are they annuities? What are these government pension plans? They're on annuities. Yeah. So what we're just trying to do is we're just trying to to um, trying to put seatbelts and guardrails around people's savings. I'm not against the market, whatever. But this is but the, but the, the amount of brainwashing it, it, it is very clear to me. Yeah. Okay, so we went long, so we're going to cut it here and pick it up in part two. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. 
Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content. 